So out of nowhere, this guy in uh, pulls it up in a van. They pull in. There's five guys that jump out, and I'm not talking about burgers. Right. Five guys jump out. <laughs> yeah. I hope and, our listeners know about Five Guys Burgers. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> they should. If not, they should Google it. Google it. But uh, five guys begin to like walk towards me. I didn't know which one was her boyfriend. Uh, out of nowhere, this guy reaches for his waistband. Oh no. He 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 grabs a gun. Uh huh. I turn and I run. Yeah. I slip and I fall. Oh no. He stood over me. Boom. Boom. Hello, and welcome to Dad in the Trenches. If you're new to the podcast, a very special welcome to you. Dad in the Trenches is a place for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life. And as such, one of the things I do here is interview other dads in the trenches across all different spectrums of life. And you just heard the beginnings of a story told by today's guest, my friend Rashawn Copeland. As I've been able to get to know Rashawn, I'm blown away by the reminder of how God draws a person to himself, and sometimes in dramatic fashion, like you'll hear from Rashawn today. Now, before we jump in, if you're a long-time listener and haven't already, and if you're listening on the iTunes or the Apple Podcast app, would you take a moment, hit pause, and go in and rate and review the podcast? The algorithms inside of Apple look for five-star ratings and written reviews to help know what's of value and to push it up in searches for content like Dad in the Trenches and what dads may be looking for. It's really simple. You just tap the stars. And for reviews, while that may seem intimidating to write, let's make it as low pressure as possible. Simply just go in and note what's been your favorite episode to date. As other dads search the podcast and maybe read the reviews, uh, that feedback would give them a great idea of where to maybe start listening. Thanks for listening, thanks for your support, and for your partnership to get this podcast to other dads in the trenches. And now, without further ado, let's get to today's episode. Here we go. You are in the trenches of life. You are faced with pressure every day. Family, work, community, all demanding a piece of life. Fatherhood is war but you continually battle for your soul and the souls in your family. It can feel isolating and exhausting, but there is good news. You have a heavenly Father. Because of Jesus, you can be strong, courageous. You can be an intentional Father, living with purpose. This is what you are meant for. You will make an impact. You are not alone. Welcome to Dad in the Trenches, a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life. So guys, I have the pleasure of having Rashawn Copeland in my living room this morning. Yeah, yeah, man. This I'm is excited. so fun to have Rashawn here in the flesh. I love I love these times when we get to be in person doing these things. Bro, I'm I'm humbled to be on and dad in the trenches. I'm 
celebrating what God's doing through this mm. podcast, bro, and uh, your obedience to get it going. Mm. You've been an awesome encouragement to me since oh, the moment I man. met you, Memorial Day weekend, <laughs> I want to say, at uh, our good friend's house. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for you, bro, and so excited to be on. Yeah, so. thank you so much. So um, just as we've been talking, you know, up, leading up to this, you have an incredible just testimony that I want to get into, but you know, for, for our listeners right now that maybe don't know you, just tell us a little bit about yourself, introduction, your seasonal life, and then we'll kind of jump into that too. Okay. Sounds good. You know, it was funny. I was just writing in my book last night. I'm working about how when people introduce themselves, mm-hmm. oftentimes you, you say what you do right? Uh, rather than, you know, like who you are. Yes. And, uh, it's I love such that a you Western American that. thing. So to, yeah. <laughs> I've slowly been trying to get out of like, hey, this is what I do, but more yeah. about who my highest are. calling yeah. yes, uh, to, to be a man of God, be a father yeah. and be a husband. So yeah, that's what I I know that I'm becoming more of, but mm. outside of that, if we look into, you know, what I'm currently doing, I'm a founder of a digital outreach ministry called I'm So Blessed Daily, cool. which uh, it shares the gospel, the good news to, you know, thousands of people, if not mm. millions on a given daily basis, yeah. you know, across digital platforms. Yeah. And um, I also work with um, organizations like Life Church uh, and Craig Rochelle specifically on some of their digital stuff. And I'm an author cool. for Baker Books. But okay. that, those are a few things I do. But yeah. man, overall, I just want to share Jesus and, you know, spend yeah. time with awesome and a God like you oh, and with this amazing audience that you have, bro. So that's cool. Do you, um, and and you're married. Tell us family dynamics and all that stuff. Uh, married, yes. I'm married to my precious bride, <laughs> sweet Denise, and uh, I, I just love her so much. Uh, without her, boy, woo! Without her and the Holy Spirit, I don't know where I would be. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I uh, got two young boys. Are actually three total. Okay. We have a blended family, yep. but I have three young boys, uh, two that I actually get to see every day. Okay. Uh, my oldest is Jarrell Copeland. Okay. Uh, he's nine years old. And then I have two that are younger. Uh, one's name's Aiden and uh-huh. one name's Josiah. And they're, you're pretty close. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Our uh, Aliyah Josiah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, fun, fun, fun. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit just more about your story, um, how the Lord drew you and, uh, you know, lay okay. that down for us. Love it, bro. So, you know, Ooh, it is kind of <laughs> tough trying to decide how far to go back, but sure. I'll tell you just a few, uh, things, uh, like pivotal moments. Mm-hmm. I would say cataclysmic moments in my life that sort of changed the trajectory of my life. Uh, starting off when I was in elementary school, mm-hmm. uh, it was, it was the moment where I realized like, you know, I have these good parents. I have this awesome upbringing. I have a lot of support around me. But uh, when I got to about third grade, I went into a classroom one day and I sat down, you know, super excited, elated, you know, just as any kid would be on Mm -hmm. his first day of school. And I'm sitting here and this teacher comes into the room, you know, she um, is kind of stern and, you know, kind of, you know, brash, you know, Uh, so she ends up telling the whole class, hey, get out a paper. I'm going to give you your assignment for tonight. And, you know, we're we're pretty excited. We're going to get our first homework. You Mm -hmm. know, Uh, three days later, I come back, you know, with the homework and 
she basically, you know, takes notes. And after lunch, we come back in. And what she says to me on my note, never pick up a pen and write again. Oh. So from that moment on, I was sort of exposed to like, wow, this world can be kind of harsh. Whoa. And I began to try to prove myself at a young mm. age. And if we fast forward all throughout my life, there's certain instances that, you know, you could just see this Rashawn, this performer Rashawn trying to prove himself to all different mm. kind of peoples. And, and I, I started uh, playing football and I yeah. got really big in high school football. That yeah. was the next thing. And um, I was trying to prove myself to my dad. I was trying to prove myself to head coaches. Mm. I remember one night uh, I was, you know, with this young lady uh, taking her on a date. You know, I was this star. I mean, I had scholarships <laughs> to the University of Nebraska, Dude. to different universities all across the country. <laughs> so I'm here I go, this prideful, egotistical uh, high school kid. Yeah. Didn't know what I was doing, bro. Future football, college football player. I'm mm -hmm. taking this girl on a date. And uh, need, needless to say, this young lady just got out of a, a messed up relationship with a guy who was a gangbanger. Ooh. This guy was a gangbanger, and he found out that I'm dating his current girlfriend, oh, or, or his ex-girlfriend, yeah. my current girlfriend, quote-unquote. Uh, so out of nowhere, this was back in MySpace days. I don't know if you remember MySpace days. I huh? do remember MySpace. So, yeah, on MySpace, <laughs> they would have the top friends list. Okay. And when this guy found out, I was like... Uh, she changed me to her number one friend, oh, okay. put him like at number There's six. Jealousy. He went crazy. Yeah. yeah. So what ends up happening, uh, he calls her number when I'm with her on a date this Friday night. Oh, man. You know? uh, and then what um, What was crazy about that, I pick up the phone as he's calling. Oh. And I pick up, hello? <laughs> uh, and then as I'm picking up the phone, this guy is like, hey, you and my girl? I was like, yo, girl, this is my girl now. Oh, you know, no. me being prideful, egotistical, <laughs> high school football player. Rashawn, I can hear yeah. where this is going, yeah. man. <laughs> so what's wild, what ends up happening, bro, uh, as I'm talking to this guy, sort of, you know, I'm going at his neck. I'm talking a lot of trash. And he ends up saying, where are you? Uh -oh. Where are you? And again, I was, I was untouchable. I was invincible. I had a God complex that shouldn't have been there. So when it, when what ends up happening, I tell him exactly where I was. That was not wise. That was not smart. <laughs> so out of nowhere, this guy in uh, pulls it up in a van. They pull in. There's five guys that jump out, and I'm not talking about burgers. Right. Five guys <laughs> jump out. Yeah. I hope and, our listeners know about Five Guys Burgers. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> they should. If not, they should Google it. Google it. But uh, five guys begin to like walk towards me. I didn't know which one was her boyfriend, but I get out. I'm sort of like in panic mode. Yeah. But I tell her, you stay here. I'm about to go handle this. I get out the car. Another unwise decision. I'm walking towards them. They're walking towards me. I'm walking towards them. They're walking towards me. Uh, out of nowhere, this guy reaches for his waistband. Oh, no. He, he he grabs a gun. Uh-huh. I turn and I run. Yeah. I slip and I fall. Oh no. He stood over me. Boom. Boom. Two gunshots. He ran off. The whole crew ran off. They got in the van. They peeled off. Yeah. I get up and I run fast as I can. As I get near the car, the passenger door is open. Yeah. I look over into the passenger door. The girl's gone. Yeah. And at this moment, I began to feel this sense of deep pain. Like there was pain all throughout my yeah. legs. I, I began to go in and out of consciousness. And yeah. the moment I seen 
this blood, I lost it. And oh, yeah. I, at that point, I knew I was shot. Yeah. Blood was flowing out of my leg. I fell on the ground. And before you knew it, moments later, I was laying in the uh, puddle of blood. Yeah. Warm blood. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, how did I get here? That was the first time I called out to God. Uh, I cried out to him for the first time. Of course, pl- seeds have been planted through my grandparents. Right. You know, you know, they were deeply, you know, invested in the church and they, they knew Jesus. They mm-hmm. followed Jesus. But to me, it was just this religion thing. But God became mm. real that night for me. Mm. I experienced him. Um, and needless to say, um, out of nowhere, I called this guy an angel. 20 minutes later, you know, as I'm weaving, I'm going in and out of consciousness, yeah. the most pain I ever felt. 20 minutes later, after calling upon the Lord, this angel, quote unquote, guy yeah. came and picked me up, put me in his truck, took me, t- took me to the hospital. Wow. And at that point, uh, yeah, I, I was just... Uh, I was just blown away by God, but you know, I really experienced the loneliness of yeah. even a girlfriend wasn't there for me that yeah. I thought would be there. The coaches, a lot of the players, I found out who my true friends were. Right. A lot of them weren't even there, but God yeah. was there. So and you got shot in the leg? Or, he, yeah, I got shot leg in the or? leg. Okay. Yeah, and that that was insane. did that in in football or what? What so, happened with that? Great, great, great question, bro. Because at that moment. I I end up talking to the head coaches that mm-hmm. I was getting recruited by. Yeah. And um, you know, my coach, high school coach was like, this isn't looking good. Right. And he would tell those coaches that like Rashawn, you know, he would try to like sort of be on my side saying, Hey, he's yeah. not a gang member. He's yeah. not affiliated with gangs, but these schools didn't want to invest in yeah. someone who had just got shot. Keep that scholarship. They had other players they were yeah. looking at on the board. And uh, needless to say, yeah, I ended up losing those scholarships. I had uh, to go the JUCO route. Okay. Uh, so I committed to a junior college school. But what was really amazing, that was a big celebration towards the end of that year. That happened mm-hmm. near Christmas time. Okay. Uh, and by the end of the year, I was third in the state in track. Okay. God, yeah, he... He restored me. He wow. restored that leg, and I was able to, you know, get back up uh, to, you know, to par, to speed, yeah. uh, really fast. But despite it, I went to junior college. Okay. Um, and I end up playing really well. Uh, went to the University of Kansas and played under Mark Mangino after that. Okay. Then transferred University of Central Oklahoma. Okay. Finished there, and uh, after that. Um, I sort of drifted back into the world, quote mm. unquote, you know, because at that point I was like, okay, God, I experienced you, but like, I, I'm just so caught up. My other leg's still in this world. I still mm. need to be here doing what I want to do, doing mm-hmm. the things. I didn't lose my life at that point. Okay. So you, you, you finished football, you finished school. Then what, what happened after that? Where'd so after that, I was on, I had a fork in the road. I was pretty mm-hmm. much at a crossroads. One, I could, um, you know, continue to just go do my own thing, Mm -hmm. you know, after school, you know, uh, I had several things in mind. However, because I had that prove it, prove it type deal, I wanted to prove to my dad, hey, you're a military guy. You just retired. Mm. Dad, I can do the same thing to you. So I went on this little stint of trying to prove things to my dad. Mm. Now Hey, get, Dad, I can do it even better than you. I can go and be an Army officer. Okay. So I decided to go into Army Medical School down in San Antonio, Texas, where wow. I commissioned as a lieutenant in the Army. And okay. at that point, I was like, okay, 
you know, I'm done with this. I'm a couple years, you know, about to graduate Army Medical School. Now I proved it to my dad. This still doesn't fulfill me. This still isn't mm. cool. So at that point, I had to decide whether I wanted to stay active duty, yeah, or if I wanted to go to Los Angeles and seek fame, fortune, and r- sort of ride the rocket ship of, you mm. know, success in Hollywood. And I decided to do that. You went to LA. next, okay. and th- th- I praise God that I end up doing that because um, me going out there, you know, of course, I mean, I began to get really successful. I was working with four. Fortune 500 companies like Nokia uh, that eventually Microsoft bought. I was an influencer for them. They were paying me really well to do uh-huh. stuff. I worked with Oxygen TV that's owned by Oprah and uh, okay. just different uh, large major uh, platforms, True TV. Yeah. I was big on Vine, uh, huge YouTubes. I was a hype man for Soldier Boy for a little bit. Hmm. All these different things. I lived in a house in the valley, okay. had a G-Wagon, signed <laughs> to one of the best agencies in New York City. Like uh, all this stuff, Yeah, I, it began to pile up. But right. deep down within me, I knew it wasn't enough. So yeah. I, I thought about it. At those moments, God revealed to me like, you know, the place where people say is the highest place mm-hmm. has you in the lowest place, mm-hmm. like the lowest state of mind. You know, yeah. I'm over here, you know, trying to pursue, you know, shoot for the stars, but I'm finding myself back in the dirt. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I'm over here wrestling with this yeah. idea of, hey, why am I here? You know, yeah. I was depressed, yeah. oppressed, stressed, yeah. you name it. And so I found myself calling out to the Lord one night, mm-hmm. you know, um, in between suicide, walking the thin line of suicide mm-hmm. and, um, you know, potential salvation. Right. You know, and what I find myself doing is I went back into the room where my pistol was. Mm-hmm. I go and grab a gun. You know, I'm in a real dark place and I get on my knees and I, I put the gun in my mouth. I'm shaking. Mm. And I'm, I'm crying out to God at the same time because I still knew that there was a little light, you know, from those moments that he showed me himself. There was mm-hmm. a little hope. Uh, so what I end up doing is I put the gun down. I have this utterance to pick up my cell phone that's on the bed. Mm-hmm. So I grab my cell phone that's sitting on the bed. And there it goes. I swipe it open. There's a blue icon. I press it. And uh, within that icon, at the very top, was the only Christian girl that I knew. I met at Baylor University, (laughs) where my brother played football with RG3. But um, I read this post, and it said, oh, how wide, how deep, how vast the love of God is. Uh And nothing in all creation can separate us from this love that's found in Christ Mm. Jesus. And when I started reading, I started weeping. I I read Mm. it 20 times, and I cried out to God. And I, I never looked back. I went to sleep that night mm-hmm. in tears with my bed soaked with tears. Mm-hmm. And I ended up having this crazy experience called an OBE. This is where God was enlightening me to the spiritual realm, which okay. is crazy. It's called an OBE, a scientific. Yeah. Uh, it truly Out happened of to body me. body experience. Yes. Yep. Okay. I had an OBE. Wow. So I end up, you know, I'm terrified out of my mind because Rashawn, at that point, I don't, I don't think I was saved. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I knew God had a plan. Like, um, I was in this dark void, you know, I was far from God, but, um, I cried out to him. I was nervous. I wake up in the middle of, you know, the middle of that episode and I run over, turn on the light, grown man, run back and get underneath my bed, throw the covers over my head. 
And at this point, I'm mourning like I'm weeping, but I'm also rejoicing. I'm weeping at the fact there, there's this good God, but I've been running away from him my whole life. Right. I'm rejoicing at the fact that he heard me. He actually mm. heard my prayer mm. and uh, he heard my cry. So in between that wrestle, you know, I, I was wrestling with him for a couple hours, like Jacob sort of, you know, mm. and then I look underneath uh, the bed. I had this utterance to look underneath the bed. I pull out this suitcase that I've never seen before. This house that I'm living in, currently mm -hmm. living in, my agency had basically, you know, brought me into it because they bring a gotcha. lot of artists into yeah. this house. So I, I pull out this suitcase, I pop it open throw it open and at the top of this suitcase there's some dirty clothes but there's also this black book guess what book that was yeah man the bible that man. said it was the holy bible i crack open the bible and then the red letters popped out to me yeah and then i read this verse it said he that wants to keep his life will lose it but he that loses his life for my name's sake shall gain it. And then it says this, oh, what is it? Profit a man to gain the whole world, but yet lose his soul. And it was like, it was, I was reading the Bible, but it was reading me. Right. You know, it changed everything for me. And I began to cry out and I left there, left everything, put my backpack on, went to the city bus, wrote the city bus to the Greyhound bus downtown with this Bible in my hand, reading these yeah. words, you know, and I began to share what I was experiencing with the homeless men all around mm. there. I remember this un, un, you know, touchable joy, unspeakable joy just flowing from me at that point. And yeah. I rode the Greyhound bus with my face cemented <laughs> to this word, the whole ride. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Wow. Whew. I think it was Jim Carrey once was quoted as saying, I wish everybody could get rich and famous to realize wow. that you know, it's not the answer. Yeah. You know, I'm reminded of that as just you're telling the story as well. But, you know, you, you at the height of seemingly quote unquote success as the yeah. world defines it, you know, but also feeling the so most low. empty and praise wow. God for just delivering you in that. Thanks, that's so bro. good. He's, he's so, he's so good. I know there's men that's listening right now that have been through similar things mm -hmm. Uh, maybe not as drastic, maybe way more drastic, but either way, mm -hmm. he has, he knows the way to capture our hearts mm -hmm. and he knows exactly what he needs to do, like yeah. to get us back to our first love. So yeah. yeah, bro. Yeah. Well, one of the things I know I've told you this before too, just that time we met at Memorial day playing flag football with the kids yeah, and everything yeah. it was like, man, I wish all of you listeners could know Rashawn because he just joy exudes out of his countenance and wow. who he is. And so that's always just a yeah, mark well, thanks, of something. Bro. I was like, Encouraging. I got to get around Rashawn more. I don't even know this guy, but I just see the light of Jesus. And wow. so um, maybe just talk so a little encouraged. bit more about like, I mean, that alone, your story in of itself, just that moment. But, you know, fast forward to where we are now, like this life of Jesus flowing in you wow. and all that he's doing, like... Um, just talk maybe a little bit more about your life with the Lord right now. How do you stay connected to Him and all the different ways you're being pulled and yeah. asked to pour out and, you know, seeking oh, to serve? How how do you stay connected to the Lord? Um, so Being good. a dad in the trenches yourself with little ones yeah. in the home and everything, you know, talk a little more about that. Okay, definitely, bro. I, 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 I really believe that... If it wasn't for his grace, like giving me uh, appetite uh, to 
really seek and search the deeper things of God. When mm. I say that, I mean like the simple but yet profound taking a moment every single morning before you even start your day, mm-hmm. like not even touch. I have been having to get out of the zone of touching my phone right. and make sure I phone home to our father, our <laughs> heavenly father. You know, yeah. the very first thing, like when I'm looking up at the ceiling, when I wake up, I'll be like, God, you know, I'm, I, I thank you. Yeah. I thank you for, you know, waking me up this morning, like really being very uh, intentional mm-hmm. about gratitude and Mm -hmm. thanksgiving in my perspective, making sure it's Mm -hmm. pure uh, rather than, you know, messed up or focused on my yesterday and the things that happened. So really staying rooted and grounded and walking not only with Christ, but Mm -hmm. but in him because we are hidden in him. And if Mm -hmm. we understand that, if we truly like open up our hearts to, you know, the truth of his word, I think that transforms not only us, but everyone around us, you mm-hmm. know, for, yeah, his good and his, glo- our good and his glory. So, yeah, yeah man, I think that's, that's so important. Just staying connected though, bro. Yeah. What is, what do you say in John 15, five, like without him, we can do nothing yeah. apart from him. We can do nothing. Yes. So abiding in the branch, man, that's the best I know how to say it. Mm-hmm. I know in Another thing is my buddy, Jared Wilson, uh, Mm. committed suicide. And I think it's so important for men out there, you know, be intentional about getting with those you love and making sure they're okay. Because at face value, you know, people may have a big smile on their face. They Mm. may look joyful, but deep down in, you know, they may be in the darkest season or time of their life. So I'd encourage you guys like, you know, and thank you for giving me an opportunity to share this because yeah, that was a close friend of mine. And I had a friend, Matt Brown, that was talking to him the day before he committed suicide. Mm. And he was saying he was okay. Mm -hmm. He was saying he was fine. So there is a problem uh, when we just look at, you know, face value, but not the value behind the face, like not trying to figure out where the true jewels are like deep within that person. How can we get access to them? So um, we can, yeah, 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 yeah. Bring Mm. them to the father and share that love with them. Yeah. To love the wounds, the wounds that we're walking in. So, yeah, yeah. Being a, uh, someone that works with churches, someone yeah. who's ministering to others, um, you know, there's there's this pull and tug to always try and be on, or always try and wow, you know, have the right answer, or yeah. appear a certain way. Like, you know, obviously we all struggle with things. Obviously, yes. we have bad days sometimes. Definitely. Circumstances of life. Like, how do you um, just stay rooted and grounded so you can feel those things, do those things, but yet also still, you know, love well, but it be authentic and not, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, you know, definitely. I love what, how, how you bring that up uh, and share and open up your heart for, uh, to that, because I know someone needs to, to hear this mm-hmm. and hear us talk about this. So I definitely know that it has to be presence over performance. Like Mm, when we all are constantly trying to perform from the moment we wake up in the morning, we're trying to get those tasks and the duties Mm -hmm. done that we have it set in our mind. And sometimes we get in, you know, some type of uh, uh, just 
what do they call it? Like a a mode, like a task mode or do yeah, mode task or... mode, do mode all day that we forget to be be close to the heart of God. Mm. We forget to you know what it says in His presence is fullness of joy at His right hand our pleasures forevermore. Mm. And, you know, and at his right hand, we will not be shaken at his right hand. Where are we? Are we trying to put our hands in the right place? Yeah. Are we trying to be under his right hand? Like yeah. we're trying to always put our hands, quote unquote, what we think is right. What we think the right thing to do, the right place to be. Yeah. But are we under the right hand? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Totally. Of God. Totally. So like we have to stay sheltered. We have to stay you know, seeking mm -hmm. and searching and uh, pursuing him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that makes all the difference. It's, again, abiding. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love what even Psalms 23 teaches so many lessons. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, we all want to run and go. We think we're in need every <laughs> single day. Like, God is enough. You know, even though totally. once we abide in him, he's going to lead us, you yeah. know, and guide us. We're just this little sheep without him. We're like that sheep gone, you know, astray. Mm -hmm. So I also want to just, you know, hear more about your fatherhood journey as well. You know, there's I often talk about just on Dead in the Trenches, kind of there's these three stages of life. You got the early kind of foundational years, you know, yeah. and then you've got these kind of building relationship and then you got launch prep to get as kids move out of the house, you know, and yeah, you, yeah. you and your wife are very much in the early years right now, the foundational years, like tell us, you know, just fatherhood, marriage, the good, the bad, the ugly, what's the Lord doing in the midst of all that? Okay, good, bro. Uh, so whew, where do I start with that? <laughs> um, I think I'll, I could start with marriage. My family Believe it or not, man, I, I have to preach this to myself, but my family is my high, highest calling, mm. out, you know, outside of merely, you know, my relationship with God. Right. Um, and when I understand that me as the man, God has put me in a position, a order where I need to lead them. Like, I can't just, you know, think about me. I can't think about... Uh, the destination, quote unquote, that I'm going in this life, mm -hmm. like, you know, the accomplishments, the dreams, yeah. my own passions. Like, I really have to keep in mind that the way I love and influence my wife is going to determine how my kids respect women. Mm -hmm. And the way I influence, if I influence for, you know, I have to have a culture where I'm influencing for Christ instead of compromise. Hmm. Like in this world, you know, if yeah, if I'm not leading my family, who will? That's what I'm saying. Hmm. I look in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is full of like kings, like people uh, who are men of God and they are in some not men of God. But either way, those kings had a direct effect, yeah. not only on their kids, who would be king one day and take over the throne, but they had an effect on the land. Right. So depending on how good or great a king was, a godly king or an ungodly king, it would affect everyone. Mm. So like, I got to keep that same mindset with, with my kids. Like it's going to start in here, mm -hmm. but it won't, it won't end in here. Like it's mm -hmm. going to affect down the line, not only my family, but the whole, like the everyone they influence. Yeah. So it's a bigger picture than just me. That's what God's continually showing me. Mm -hmm. And uh, die to yourself. Like, whoever wants to keep his life again will lose mm -hmm. it. Whoever loses life 
will gain it, you know. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, if I want to win at marriage, I first got to be connected to the master, mm. you know. So and lead as he led me. Yeah. Because how can I lead if I don't feel I need God and I need him yeah. to lead them? Yeah. Man, that's good. Man, I, I'm... I, this is just where I'm in, but the struggles though. Yeah. Some of the struggles, I remember you asked about that. Some of the challenges I'm having now, uh, one, I find myself, um, I find myself trying to balance work life balance and, mm. uh, you know, especially, you know, being a guy who works at home mm. and I have access to my family all the time, all day. My right. wife is taking care of the kids. I can hear them in the next room. If I see things are out of control, one kid's crying, another kid's crying, you know, our babies are crying. <laughs> I immediately feel this conviction, like I got to get in there and go help my wife. <laughs> and sometimes it, it throws my work off balance. So now mm-hmm. I'm finding less of me too busy working mm-hmm. on the things that I need to be tasked to, but I find myself doing a lot of more father, you know, husband time. Yeah. But I know I need to have this side where I'm focused too. So if anything, yeah, I can sort of overindulge in family. I'll just (laughs) which is good though. No, no. Like, you know, there's, it's still the trenches, like trying to figure balance things out. Totally. Yeah. So totally. Yeah. But uh, that's one of the challenges. Um, What's another thing we could be struggling with? Me and my wife, we have a ton of things. We're just, you know, new at marriage. We're about mm-hmm. two, three years in now. Okay. Uh, uh, but I would say another thing, communication is tough sometimes. There's times where we don't, you know, thoroughly communicate mm-hmm. uh, what we should be communicating. Like, hey, I just don't feel we're having enough intimate time. Mm-hmm. You know, when the kids, when we became parents, yeah. our, it's sort of like our interests start, you know, not being divided, but we've we've had to really, you know, even die to our selfishness more, even when sure. ourself, ourselves want to be together. Like, we got to make sure we're taking care of these yeah, kids. And, I hear you. But still having that date time. Yeah, it's so much, bro, yeah. like trying to fight through this stuff. I can tell you, I mean, my wife and I at this point are 15 years in. Wow. And it's still, um, my wife reminds me, hey, we're, we're not just like business partners here or yeah. co-laborers in the family. Like, we're best friends. We're yeah. We're lovers. You know, like we gotta keep. You know, remember that I'm I'm your lover and your best friend, not just someone we run a household with. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> so good. It is a struggle for sure. So yeah, it's good you guys are realizing that even now. What are real quick? Can I ask you a question as what? far sure. as that? I was gonna ask you like I don't normally get questions. So yeah, I know <laughs> you're interviewing. You're flipping yeah. the table on me, bro. Exactly. <laughs> What would you? What advice would you give, like a brother like me, or someone else out there who may have just gotten married a little bit in, mm-hmm. as far as um, you know, just community, like uh, the importance of being around other godly men? I'm sure you mm-hmm. probably spoke on this in your. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, some of my darkest days um, were anywhere from the last, I would say, four to seven years ago. Mm. I heard a mentor at, at church one time uh, a long time ago probably 10 years ago. And he had said, you know, what we see is most leaders and people kind of 
the cracks really begin to show in their 30s, oh, mid 30s. He's okay. like, wow. you gain responsibilities, you know, kids are growing up, like all these life things. You're, you're, you know, typically married, and you know, all these things start surfacing, and you just can't keep all the plates spinning. For instance, you know, Dodgy. like the cracks begin to show. And and I didn't realize it at the time, but that was almost like a prophetic thing for. Whoa. I needed to hear that then, so I could be reminded of it when I was suddenly the wheels were falling off the bus in my life, and wow. just you know a lot of anger stuff was coming out, um, things I'd been stuffing for years, pressures of work, you know, kind of exacerbating that situation. Mm. You know, marriage wasn't clicking because of my own selfishness and yeah. pride, and so. I, I paint that picture just to say, like, and you hit on earlier too. The best thing you can do is um, seek the Lord for yourself, and let Him like wow. deal with your junk, deal with your baggage, deal yes, with your pride. Yes. Because um, I think so oftentimes, especially for us in the Western Christendom, we think like, um, oh well. I've I've got Jesus, so it's kind of like an additive. The gospel is an additive. Yeah. Oh, well, I, if you just accept Jesus, life will be better. So it's kind of like sprinkling in bacon bits on your salad like that you a, already have. Wow. Or something. That's not like that's an not accessory. That's Jesus. not Christianity. That's not the gospel. Nah. You said it yourself. Like you know, who wants to gain his life has to lose it. Yeah. Jesus is interested in actually killing the old self mm. and living. His life in us, yeah, as if it were uh, as if he were us living our life. That's really good. And so that aspect is okay. Every day I gotta check my pride, and yeah. I gotta check my selfishness, and I gotta realize and realize what my desires are today. Are they in line with the Lord? If not, okay, Jesus, how do how does this change? Yeah, and so I am good. not perfect at this at all. I will be the first to raise my hand. I mean. Even yesterday, we were just, my wife and I were, she was confronting me on, hey, you got priorities out of line on this. I was like, yeah, okay. Dealing with real the reality of my own mismanagement and my yeah. own, like, just selfishness or my own, I want to do this my way or, you know, whatever. I'm with you too, bro. So I that's think the first and foremost in, thing in of, boat. like, what you can do is seek the Lord daily. And, and, and you asked the question, too, I didn't touch on it, just about community and guys. So in the midst of that that period of life that was super, a super struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, I had other brothers around me that we were meeting, if not mm. weekly, every other week, just for a guys group. We were part of a community, but we also had a men's group that we got together. And that was a place for me. One, just as a, kind of a testing ground, because I really wasn't that great at spilling my junk. It's like, it was a testing ground and a battleground for me to be able to drop all of that and say, yeah. here's where I am, guys, and this is really hard right now, or mm. hey, I got in an argument with my wife last night, or hey, you know, this with the kids, or hey, I blew up doing this, you know, and so yeah. it's like having guys that can, not only you can do that with and be known, but then they can encourage you and they can pray for you and, yeah. you know, um, so true. deal with that stuff. So, yeah, man. Love that. Um, so, you know, as we kind of wrap things up a little bit, Rashawn, you know, one um, tell us how guys can connect with you, what you're doing. I know you mentioned a book. You know, what's yeah. kind of give us target dates on that stuff. Give us some info. Okay, sweet, bro. Thanks for asking. So now, um, currently, I am working on a book with uh, Baker Books called Start Where You Are. Okay. It's basically a message of... Uh, Hey, how God meets us in our, our mess, he loves us through it and he leads us out of it. Mm. And how do we discover this guy? You know, mm. we can just, you know, come to him or, you know, draw near to him. He'll draw near to us. He's yeah. always pursuing us. So 
Uh, that book will be out next year, September okay. of 2020. Okay. Super excited about that. Yeah. I go into like where I started and, you know, how, you know, God met me, but also how, you know, even Jesus, you know, from the standpoint of how when we start up, uh, we start up to go in, to go out. It's this mm -hmm. idea of like Jesus with John the Baptist mm -hmm. was baptized. And then when he came back up out of the water, you know, the heavens opened up, mm -hmm. you know, and he got his first words of affirmation and love by the father. Mm -hmm. And then not only that, after that, immediately he goes into the wilderness, he gets mm -hmm. tempted while saying all these different things. Uh, and then, you know, after going in, he goes out. Yeah. So the same way with us, we go up to God, you know, we go in, you mm -hmm. know, to ourselves, the introspective, we ask ourselves the critical questions we mm -hmm. need to ask, but also to receive his love, mm -hmm. to receive what we'll need for that uh, mission or the call that he has us on. And then yeah. we go out yeah. and, and we give it to the world, our peace, our joy. So it outlines all the fruits of the spirit, like love, what what's being love, what's being mm. joy, you know, yeah. uh, it speaks about all of that. Yes, and uh, so I'm excited about it. Yeah, and I do have a podcast called Scriptures and Stories Podcast. Yes. And yeah, bro. So that's what I'm doing now. Okay. And several ministry pages. Yeah. You can just search me online. Yeah, I know. Is it your your personal? Is it Hypeser? H Y P E S I R. Yeah. Yes, sir. Definitely. That's been that for years. But I put a seven on the back of it on Twitter. Okay. So you know, hey, I'm redeemed. I'm restored. Okay. I'm sanctified. No, Very I'm cool. Sad. That's great. Yeah, seven. Yeah. That's great. So so good. Yeah. Um. What I like to do, too, Rashawn, just for all our guests, would you just take a minute and pray for listeners, yes. pray for us? Definitely. definitely. Throw down. Oh, Jesus. We thank you for being in our midst right now. We thank you for pouring out your love over us this morning. Holy Spirit, we love you. We thank you for guiding us, for being a mentor to us, mm -hmm. uh, for loving us even whenever we're sinners you died for us you sent your son jesus to die for us lord so remind us that we are worthy remind us that we are children of god that we've been accepted we're beloved we are secure and um significant in your sight lord i just pray right now that you would begin to reveal to us sonship mm -hmm. in our positioning you we are not no longer orphans who sit on the corner of a porch, but we are sons. Mm -hmm. Whoever underneath the sound of my voice is going through anything, Lord, uh, maybe going through turbulent times, maybe a storm. God, I pray that you, you'll bring peace to them, uh, the peace that surpasses all understanding, that you'll guard their heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. You say you'll never leave or forsake us, nor forsake us. So help us to hold on to that truth with all that we are and all that we have. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, bro. Rashawn, man, thanks for joining us. Thank you, bro. Love you, what? man. Love your heart. Love you, too. Guys, we will talk to you next time. Take care and God bless. Thanks for listening. For more content and resources, check out the website at dadinthetrenches.com or on social media at dadinthetrenches. And be sure and click on subscribe to stay up to date with new podcasts. Walk out the heroic fatherhood you were called to live.